two, one. Welcome to Journalistic Integrity. Today is Friday, October 2nd. We have sports going on everywhere. We've got MLB playoffs, NFL, NBA finals going on. We've got Darren Ravel and Clay Travis going back at it on Corona on Twitter. Everything's seeming to get back to normal. And today we're joined by one of the great football minds, John Boyer. John, how are you doing today? Murph, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, jeans. There's there's crisp in the air. Uh, we got football seemingly every day. It does seem like we're uh, we're coming back into our back into our stride. And uh, you know, the Packers are three and zero. South Carolina's own one. So it seems like we're back. Well, we'll get to the Gamecocks in a second. Um, I love the crisp in the air as well. Does does this kind of remind you of? Uh, the same crisp that you would feel during two days in high school before you would uh, go out and grab eight balls for 200 yards and two touchdowns. It, uh, it feels like uh, feels like the Friday walkthrough before the FUMA game in uh, early October, something like that. Uh, not quite Woodbury. It's not quite that cold, but uh, you know, we're past Trinity and uh, St. Stephen, St. Agnes. Were you one of the guys, if I can remember correctly in the walkthrough, you know, you're probably on your phone texting, like you weren't really locked in because you knew, you know, you have a switch that you could flip uh, when, when it was Saturday at, at 2 p.m. and you're on Knowles Field. What, I mean, what was going through your mind during those walkthroughs? Uh, I mean, I was really most concerned about tucking my uh, jersey in uh, with no pads and uh, rolling up the sleeves and taping them and stuff. And uh, I was probably deciding which socks to wear the next day. That that sounds about right. You, you were always, you know, look good, play good kind of guy, kind of like uh, Deion Sanders in a way. I got a little pride in me, yeah. You do. You are prime. That's very true. So let's go to your Gamecocks, uh, USC Junior, uh, as I call them, <laughs> because Southern Cal, we all know, is the real USC. They lose to Tennessee 31-27. They, they hung around in the game a little bit. But um, as a Gamecock grad, a guy that, that could have easily walked onto the, the football team, what did you see from your guys? Oh, boy. Um, so I was, I was watching this game uh, on my phone. I was actually at a friend of the program, Ben Foley. Uh, I was at his wedding uh, in Colorado, and uh, was that I- real football guy move bringing out the uh, the phone in the game? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure he loved that. Uh, but uh, you know, I saw a few good things from the young guys. You know, we we have some young talent uh, at running back, even though our, our t- most talented young running back is out for the year. Um, I saw a lot of week one mistakes and some mental mistakes at the end. And uh, we definitely put ourselves in position where we could win. I did like what I saw from first year OC Mike Bobo. Uh, we've only scored 27 points, if you can believe it or not, only a handful of times uh, in the last few years. Uh, so it looks like a little bit of a tuned up uh, offense as compared to a lot of Will Muschamp's teams in the past. But, uh, you know, coming up, this, you, know, you, you don't want to take any moral victories away because that was, I mean, Tennessee's hyped up every year. They're talented, but they're not – across the board, they're not more talented. They do have – they've had an incumbent quarterback for quite a few years and Jared Garantano. Uh, but – I feel like that guy's been there for, like, maybe seven years. Yeah, and they went from, like, hating him to being okay with him, and now they're kind of stuck with him. 
Um, right. But, you know, coming up this week, we are uh, pretty heavy underdogs on the road at the Swamp playing the Gators, who actually look to have uh, a first, like, their first real good team in a while. They've had some pieces under Dan Mullen, but it does seem like quarterback Kyle Trask has really uh, stepped into his own, and uh, it'll be a tough task. But, you know, you can always see what the Gamecocks can surprise people on the road. I think we all remember uh, the game in Athens last year, the 20-17 uh, to 17, uh, overtime victory over the Dogs. So, uh, anything can yeah, happen. Yeah, you, you, you guys shocked the world in that one. Um, four of the next five games are against ranked opponents. So, I mean, I'm looking at your schedule. I see – I don't want to spend too much time on, on South Carolina, but I see – um, a lot of losses on y'all's schedule. If I if I had to throw out a record, John, I mean, I say three wins. I think what do y'all play? Ten games, so three and seven. What would your what would your predicted record be? Uh, right now, I think uh, five and five would be a success. Uh, I think uh, four and six might be likely. Uh, I mean, when you play in the SEC and we're playing, oh gosh, I mean, we got. L- at LSU, uh, Texas A&M, Georgia, Florida. Kentucky's not bad again. I mean, yeah, we took Clemson off our schedule, but you know, we I think we also added Auburn. I mean, man, I, it's just it doesn't end down here. Uh, so you know, if we can uh, crack out a couple of a uh, couple of nice wins and avoid any embarrassing losses to you know the likes of Vanderbilt uh, and teams of that nature, I think we can call it a uh, success for the year. It is an odd year, and uh, hopefully, just build on it going into next year. You guys do have uh, Auburn, LSU, A&M, all three in a row. So I wouldn't be surprised if those uh, sneaky Gamecocks uh, kind of like say that there's a COVID outbreak and uh, get to miss a couple of those games. I wouldn't put it past uh, those guys in, in Columbus. But um, that seems like a uh, that seems like a Jimbo Fisher move. I don't know if he if Kellen Mond gets <laughs> hurt. I don't know. He might he might just hop on the next plane to, uh, you know, Eugene, Oregon or something like that. I'm sick of Kellen Mond. He he's so stiff in the pocket and he's been there for also like six years and everyone says he's really good, but uh, all right. So that's South Carolina. We've got a, a hopeful record from John is five and five. So we'll keep an eye out on that. They're playing at Florida noon on Saturday. Now let's talk briefly about the Thursday night game. I watched a good amount of it. You said you watched uh, a good bit of it too and saw all the highlights. Um, so the Jets lose to the Broncos. First of all, Darnold looked like he broke his collarbone and then came back like 10 minutes later because he was like, wow, this is one of our few chances to win a game. I can't have uh, my backup getting this W in front of me. However, the Jets' penalties and Greg Williams looked like he had a bounty out on uh, the quarterback, Ripien, from, uh, for the Broncos because they were tackling him after every single pass. I think there's three – roughing the passer calls on the Jets that were not even close. They had tons of penalties. They had one penalty uh, personal foul that if they didn't commit, the Broncos would have had to punt late in the game, and then the Jets, their probability to, for winning that game would have been like 95%. Um, the Jets stink. The Broncos also stink. It was a weirdly entertaining game. But um, what, what if anything, did you see from this game? All right, well, first of all, I mean, I, I wouldn't accuse Greg Williams of doing anything like that. I mean, the guy's just got an unblemished <laughs> record. Uh, I, I'm sorry, that, that was out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, I take that. I, I wouldn't hate to tarnish his uh, prestige yes. resume. Uh, but, you know, my takeaway is that it seems like the Jets are seemingly stuck with Adam Gase uh, until further notice, uh, much to the dismay of their fan base. Um, 
you know, Sam Darnold, he's a tough kid. But other than that, I don't see much out there. Like, he's been in – this is, what, his third third year in the league. Um, and he obviously came in with a great class of quarterbacks. I don't see him really progressing all that much. I mean, if you put him on – I don't know. Let's say you put him on the Bills and you put him in Josh Allen's position. Is he better than Josh Allen on that team? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, he's not as mobile. He's got a lesser arm. He might be a little bit smarter, but I, overall, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see what the future holds there. Um, and with respect to the Broncos, uh, I mean, we see their D line and their defense, uh, they let up a few points and they're a little sloppy at times, but, uh, I think Bradley Chubb had two and a half sacks. That guy's a monster out of, uh, North Carolina state. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, they'll be a very mediocre uh, six and 10, five and 11. But uh, I think Vic Fangio probably um, gets himself one more year to try and write the ship one or two more years. This is what a second year. I think, yeah, second or third, maybe second. Yeah. But uh, both, yeah, both those coaches, you got to think uh, after this year, if they're not fired already, they'll have one year max. I think Gase is done at the end of the season. It seems like they don't want to fire him in the middle of the season or else he would probably be gone this morning, Friday morning, the day after, uh, cause that was a pretty bad loss. Um, so let's, let's stick with the NFL. Uh, week three, we saw the Falcons do Falcons type things and Nick Foles do Nick Foles type things, bringing the bears all the way back, uh, scoring, I believe it was 20 unanswered points, throwing three touchdowns, filling in for the benched, Mitch Trubisky, and since then, Foles has been named the starter. I'm a Nick Foles guy. I've been a Nick Foles guy. I'd love to see him winning. I'm sure the Eagles wish that he didn't. they didn't treat him so poorly and have Carson Wentz step back in after he won the Super Bowl for him. But he's back doing doing his things. Um, what, what do you think – what's your take on Nick Foles and um, him in the future with the Bears? Well, it seems like Foles is always a great Band-Aid um, and then when you put him in a bona fide starters role, like he was uh, down in Jacksonville, he doesn't produce. Um, I guess he did have that one year. Uh, gosh, who was he with when he uh, his first really coming out party? Oh, it was with the Eagles. It was the Eagles the, and Chip Kelly. Yeah, Eagles, yeah, I think, was that yeah. Uh, and Chip he had Kelly? like twenty eight touchdowns and like two picks or something like that. And, but other than that, it seems when he finally he he thrives in these situations where he's not supposed to be good. And then once you kind of put him in and teams are expecting to play him and for, for weeks on end, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's a tape thing. I think it's him mentally or uh, I don't know, just teams getting a second look at him. He's not quite as effective, but right now, I mean, maybe I don't know really what this does for Mr. Trubisky's confidence. Obviously it's not great, but I think right now it works and the bears are three and Oh, I believe. Let's see who they've got. Uh, They've got who do they have next week? They uh, let me see. I was just on week three. Let me shimmy on over to week four. So they've got the Colts. Okay. Um, um, Colts are an interesting team. They're a kind of a classic Colts team we've seen last few years. So that that, yeah, that counts as a test, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I think they've got a pretty good defense. Um, so that I mean, I do agree with that. I like Nick Foles just because he's got. It seems like he's got that clutch gene. And I'm a I'm a big it factor guy. Everyone knows and, that uh, about you. Yeah. He brings he, everyone. Yeah, if you hear someone <laughs> talking about me, they probably brought up the it factor in the first couple sentences. But um, I agree. I mean, when he's a starter, it doesn't have the same vibe. But when he comes in, it's like there's less pressure on me. My team's down 20 points, uh, so I can kind of like throw it around. But 
I got to tell you, he looked really good and, and re-energized that team. Now let's shift to Nick Foles' old team, the Philadelphia Eagles, with one of the kind of just a weird game against the Bengals where um, they tied 23-23. They decided to punt uh, around midfield. It was fourth and six, I believe. Right. They decided to punt with like 10 seconds left and kind of wave the white flag and say, hey, we're fine with uh, a tie. Let's get out of here. We're not going to try and win. They could have attempted a 58-yard field goal with uh, their kicker, Elliott, but then they got uh, a false start, so it was pushed back to like a 63-yarder. I uh, love criticizing the Eagles, but in this case, it's like, hey, we're playing terribly. If we miss a 63-yarder, all um, the Bengals have to do, who, who moved the ball decently well with uh, Burrow, who's been really good, all they have to do is get like 10, 15 yards, and they're kicking a field goal the other way for the win. So the punt, I mean, I don't hate it. You're in the NFC East. Uh, tying a game is almost just – or is like a win in a normal division. And they caught up ground on uh, whoever was in first. I mean, the Cowboys lost, the Redskins lost. So they're only a half game out of first. Um, they could be my team that, that I think makes a run in uh, like December, November, December. But uh, what, what did you see in Well, I game? think um, with regards to your last point, I mean, the East is in a spot where – they don't have to worry about the Washington football team or the New York Giants make, like doing anything. So it's it's been a two-horse race from the beginning. And so avoiding the loss and avoiding getting that much further uh, behind the Dallas Cowboys, uh, I don't hate that move in the long run. Obviously, when you're in the game situation, you want to win. But as you said, the uh, the Bengals could have easily turned around. Is it Cody Parkey? Is he their kicker now? Yeah, 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 I think it is. The, the infamous right. Cody Parkey. With the, but the still, I mean, yeah, Burrow has been great, and uh, I think they easily could have moved that down pretty quickly, and then you're looking at a loss instead of a tie. Um, so I agree with you there. And I think, you know, Wentz will – I don't know if he'll come around, but he's what they have, and I don't think the answer is to put in Jalen Hurts. Um, that's always the, the easy out. But uh, yeah, I think as guys get healthy, um, I think Alshon Jeffrey is slated to come back in a few weeks – uh and they should uh i don't know we'll see what happens they, they could turn around uh and it's just you know it's the east i think seven and nine can get you into the playoffs there yeah yeah seven and nine or i guess that would be uh seven Correct. Eight, and one yeah at the tie i always, i mean that always gives your uh a brain a test when you're looking at the standings and you see a tie and you're like doing a bunch of like multiplication and stuff in the in the standings. Um, so a tie always makes it really hard come week 15, 16, 17, to figure out uh, what record. Yeah. Sorry. No one's it. ever accused me of being a math guy. So <laughs> no, no, you're a football guy through and through. And, and you're more of a, would you say you're more of an, a man of leagues? I think I'm more uh, Jimmy's and Joe's the X's and O's, if that's what you mean. <laughs> I, I would say you're one of the guys you'll get out and, you know, play catch with the guys, even though you're, you're coaching them up. <laughs> yeah. right? I'll, I'll, I'll do some, I'll do some backpedaling with the DBs. Yeah, you, you'll show them how it's done. You won't just, you know, show them film. You say, hey, this is how you go ahead and get down in your stance and uh, do as I do, not do as I say uh, kind of guy. So let's go to the last game of week three. My Kansas City Chiefs dismantle the Ravens. I mean, just take it to them, 34 to 20. Uh, they could have won by a lot more. I think Mahomes has heard all this Russell Wilson MVP talk, and he's like, oh, really? You guys forgot about me? And – had some amazing throws and the way him in the pocket is pretty amazing to watch because 
he never looks down at the line of scrimmage uh, in his drop like a Baker Mayfield or now Carson Wentz does it and gets kind of like frantic. He keeps his eyes downfield, finds the pockets, and he's been running a little bit more um, on design pass plays, running uh, and finding creases for like 10 yards. And, uh, and that kind of keeps the linebackers at bay. Um, and in addition, he'll, he'll take these really long dropbacks where he's like 12 yards back and then he just flings it because he doesn't need his feet set and he'll throw it off his back foot and it'll drop right into Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, or Sammy Watkins' hands for a, a long game. Um, well, I mean, that, that was really impressive from the Chiefs. They got the, the Patriots next week, which is another test for them. But uh, would you say they're the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl right now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think definitely. Uh, they are. Uh, they came out, you know, just as well, if not better, than last year. Um, the Ravens can't seem to get their act together against them ever. I think uh, Lamar Lamar Jackson's zero three against the uh, the Chiefs in his career, and uh, yep. I mean, they they look as sharp as anyone. Uh, I think definitely coming out of the AFC, they're the favorites. Uh, I think I've got something to say in the NFC, but uh, you know, uh, I, I I do I will say that I think you're. Uh, shit, I just lost my train of thought. <clears throat> yeah, uh, your take about Patrick Mahomes here in this talk about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is playing just about as well as anyone can uh, right now. I think he had five touchdowns last week. Um, so they're neck and neck, I'd say. Them actually, it's probably a three-headed monster between uh, them two and Aaron Rodgers, right at the top of the MVP race early on. But uh, yeah, the Chief, Chiefs have started strong. You know, hats off to you, but we'll see what happens down the line. Yeah, it is early, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, I'm just ho- crossing my fingers that, or hoping that there's no, no injuries, um, especially to Mahomes, because. Um, that would kind of dismantle the team. Everything's kind of centered around him. So let's shift to a guy that you just mentioned and his team. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are three and zero. They uh, who did they just beat last week? Um, they just, beat, uh, uh, just beat just beat the Saints. Saints, right, right. So that and they had uh, Devontae Adams was hurt, and I think one of their offensive linemen was hurt. Um, Reed, who I had, uh, Reed Jacoby, who I had on my previous podcast, he's a big Packers fan too, and. Uh, so I, I think you you're would you say you're a Packers fan as yeah, well? Yeah, uh, I don't uh, I can't really claim them because I'm not from Wisconsin. Uh, but my dad always liked them growing up, and so I grew up a Packers fan. Um, this is probably the best Packers team I team I've seen since the 2010 year, uh, the last Super Bowl. And it seems like Aaron Rodgers is just going on this just revenge tour against his own organization um, this year, showing that. It's like, all right, you don't want to give me weapons in the draft. I'll make weapons out of these guys. I'll make weapons out of Lazard. Uh, I'll make weapons out of, you know, Mercedes Lewis caught a touchdown last week. Um, yeah, yeah, he woke him up from the grave, yeah. and now he's right. He's so, um, I'd say this is as well as he played. I got a little stat for you here. Uh, through uh, three okay. games, Packers have scored 122 points, uh, most in franchise history to start a season, and they lead the NFL at 40.7 points per game. And that's courtesy of Packers Wire at USA Today. Uh, so I'd say the offense is clicking as well as it can. Um, defense is holding up fine. The Smith brothers are doing their thing. Uh, you know, out on the outside, we've got our corners playing well. So I, I think the sky's the limit for this team. And I think the Packers, along with the Seahawks, uh, are have got to be your two favorites uh, going in right now. Although, when the Niners get healthy, uh, they'll probably have something to say about that as well. Right, right. Yeah, it is weird because the Packers, I mean – 
it's not like their offense has changed from last year in terms of like players because no. obviously they they drafted uh the the quarterback which some people I actually want your take on this I'll give mine first and then um so they drafted Jordan Love into the first round that was the, the talk of the first round of, and really the whole NFL draft why did the Packers draft a backup quarterback when they have Aaron Rodgers why not a receiver or another tight end some are saying that they drafted Jordan Love to kind of light a spark in Aaron Rodgers and kind of get him pissed off. And it seems like it's worked so far through three games. I'm not sure it's because of Jordan Love, but I don't see a team drafting a first round, wasting a first round pick in order to uh, reinvigorate a player on their team. I just don't really see that as, as something that uh, the front office would talk about and do. Uh, What's your take on that? Uh, I mean, I don't think it was intentional. I think that'd be a pretty uh, risky and uh, just quite, quite the odd yeah. uh, long play there. But uh, whatever it was, uh, it's working. And getting Javante Adams back this week, uh, and you know, I, the offense, like you said, the offense hasn't changed much. But Aaron Rodgers has changed in that he's not throwing the ball away as nearly as much. He's getting the ball out of his hands a lot faster. And he seems to have more confidence in the guys that he's throwing to, even though it's largely the same group, he's trusting them. And he's also trusting Matt LaFleur uh, more than he did last year. And I think that kind of perfect storm has come together to just, I mean, that, that offense is a juggernaut. Aaron Jones can catch the ball out of the backfield and just downfield as well as any running back in the game. So, I mean, again, that that's, that's uh, the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, and I guess the way they went out in the playoffs last year, getting blown out by the 49ers, coming into this year, people were a lot lower on them. I, I was really low. You on were them extremely low. You said they'd finish eight and eight. <laughs> well, that's I mean, true. that's still possible. They're right John. on track for it, technically. They, they just got to go. Yeah, they're right on pace. I couldn't draw it up any better, being three and zero and scoring forty a game. So I feel really good about that. Um, so what they got to go five and eight. I guess their next. Uh, yeah, 13. they got the the Falcons so, this week, you know, so probably get down like you know twenty twenty seven nothing. A gritty, then, uh, a gritty come Falcons back and team. Win, uh, you know, twenty eight twenty seven. I've got okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned the Falcons. I have an analogy, and I wanted to run this analogy past you about the Falcons. So, the Falcons when they get into the fourth quarter and they're losing by a lot, they're like, or I sorry, they're winning by a lot, and the other team like scores a touchdown. They're like, all right, here we go again. We're going to lose um, again after a comeback from the other team. If the Patriots are uh, in a position where they're losing in the fourth, they're like, still have hope. Hey, we're going to end up winning this game. And uh, so that reminds me of like, let's say there's a guy that goes to a bar and he doesn't normally have too much luck with girls. And so he goes to the bar and he's not hitting it off with any girls. And he's like, you know, whatever, this is just another night. Um, I'm not going to put put up too much resistance and it'll just be another night. However, if there's a guy that goes to the bar and he's like 80% of the time, he, he has good luck with the ladies. He's going to go to a bar. And if he's, he's still going to believe that he's going to get a girl up until the time that he leaves, because that's just his history. And that's what his experience has been. So for the Falcons, they're back in that situation, and they're like, well, this is how it always goes. I'm not going to put up that much resistance. We're just going to have another team come back against us. And that's what keeps on happening with them. Um, and so that, that's Yeah, I like that. I uh, about there's, that. There's a lot going on there, and it's kind of a, a double reverse. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It, it sounded no, no, sure no, no. I can, out, I, but in I, my I brain, entirely, uh, that entirely resonates with me. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> not not in that way. But <laughs> oh, the guy that, that picks up all the girls. But uh, <laughs> no, that's good. And yeah, I mean, can you imagine being a Falcons fan? I have I have a couple friends who are, and after the first couple weeks uh this one guy in particular was just he was like no keep the faith you know let's uh like you know just wait is what he always says just wait and then after this game he's like i, I don't know what to say this is this is the most depressing thing that's ever happened yeah i mean at some point being a falcons fan it's got to do more harm than good like each sunday at around mm-hmm. 3 50 p.m you're like oh gosh thank goodness again. the braves won um, this weekend and it's like uh or this week uh because right, you know yeah. we'd have to Put a put a watch out for these Falcons fans. Yeah, seriously. Did you see Trevor Bowers? Uh, uh yeah. Uh, and that was after Ronald Acuna <laughs> put out uh that tweet. Yeah. Right. Right, and and especially after, after your uh, I, like, I get you didn't allow any runs, but your team didn't score a run through two games. So. Exactly. Not only two games, exactly. it was like yeah. twenty-two innings, right? Because the first one went to like thirteen. Um, so not a great look, but I mean, I guess he's not on offense. So, um, but, but his team still lost. Um, so let's, let's see. Um, so let's go to week four. Uh, we've got a couple marquee games. We've got a couple minutes left. I'll, I'll, uh, say my marquee game. And then if you have one or a game that you're looking or a player that you're looking at, uh, you can talk about that one. Um, so I'll go Patriots Chiefs. That's the 425 game on CBS. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by touchdown. Um, so this is a big game for, I mean, I'd say more so the Patriots because, um, I mean, they played well against the Seahawks, but they ended up losing that game. They've beaten the Raiders and Dolphins, which aren't, uh, you know, two great teams. So this is – so they've yet to beat, you know, a real team. And now they're going up against arguably the best team in the NFL in Kansas City, where I think there will be uh, around 10,000 fans. Uh, so I think this is a big game for Cam Newton and those guys. I think it'll be high scoring. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the if the Patriots are able to draw up anything to help confuse Mahomes because obviously that wasn't the case last week against a really good Ravens team with a lot of talented players. The Patriots, not as many talented players on defense. But, uh, I mean, you can't put uh, a, a high enough price on, on the schemes that they are able to draw up against certain offenses um, but Andy Reid's really just been opening up the offensive playbook and uh, doing a little underhanded shovel pass to Sherman for a touchdown, throwing it to offensive linemen, so many tricks off his sleeves. Um, so that's my game. I think the Chiefs will win um, by about a touchdown right where the line's at. Um, but uh, that, that'll be an interesting game to, to look at. Is there a game that you're looking for this uh, week? Yes. Uh, hold on one second. Sorry. Can we uh, – can you add it? Yeah. It, yeah, no worries. Um Let's see. I'll pick out a second game. Yeah, I've, I've got it actually. Finding that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the game I'm actually most looking forward to watching is uh, in that same time slot. It's Bills Raiders, uh, which a few years ago, uh, you look at me like I have three heads if I said that. Uh, yeah. I, hey, John, I already knew that I have three heads, all right, with all these takes you're saying. Okay. That was pretty good. Uh, so, <laughs> it's at, at Vegas, still no fans in there. So, we're not going to see any Mark Davis there as well because he's standing in solidarity with his fan base. <laughs> thank you for your service mark davis yeah <laughs> he's at he's at pf changs just on his third platter oh, yeah. of, uh, he might be getting some rangoons uh 
But so we got <laughs> Buffalo's coming in three and zero. Josh Allen has been an absolute roller coaster this year, but he's getting it done. Um, the Raiders will be without uh, what rookie wide receiver Brian Edwards, who's made some noise already, but uh, Henry Ruggs will be playing. Uh, the Raiders are a really interesting team to me because they, I don't know, I can't really get a pulse on them yet because they can look great at times, and I guess it really goes by how Derek Carr goes, but. I'm just really interested to see what they do against the Bills defense that comes in um, playing about as well as you can. Um, and their offense is starting to click as well. Devin Singletary had uh, a great game last week. And I, that, so that's really going to be my game to watch. I, I would like to see if uh, Josh Allen can kind of take the next step here, um, getting a win on the road and, and uh, what would be a tough environment in the new black hole, but uh, still, it's a road game, traveling west, time change. I don't know, but I, that's my game to watch. Honestly, week five, sorry, week four. Uh, is it week four? Yeah, week four. Uh, there's well, yeah, not, week four, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there, there, kind of some there, stinkers, I mean, I'm right? Running through the games here, and we've got Ravens, like Washington, Panthers, uh, right. Giants, Rams, uh, Eagles, Niners could be okay, Seahawks, Dolphins, uh, whew, Bengals, Jaguars, yikes. Uh, yeah, there's some. Hopefully next yeah. week. Usually when there's a really we bad do have Monday Night Football Packers Falcons. We do have good. Um, exactly. Yep. A lot of Ooh, a lot of yeah. That might that be my week. over of the week. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yes, I mean it, it should be. It, uh, even if they're stinkers games, when you're watching Red Zone, it does not matter. Everything. Yeah, you're seeing score exactly. So you're, yeah. you're a Red Zone guy, right? You're not a. No, I'm a Red Red Zone guy, and and I'm a Scott Hansen guy guy. through and through. Um, I actually got him to uh, pick my uh, fantasy uh, draft order a couple years ago uh, via Twitter. He's he's a man of the people, so I always ride with my guy Scott. He is, yeah, Scott. He kind of he has the dream job. He he watches football uh, for eight nine hours a day, talks about it, and gets paid for it. So tough to really beat that. Um, Before we get out of here. I want uh, – I know we didn't talk any NBA, but uh, can you give me your NBA finals prediction, uh, games and team? And then uh, I don't think I've gotten your Super Bowl prediction yet. So go ahead and give those, All and right. then I'll give mine. Uh, and then we'll start be with out the here. NBA. Uh, we're sitting here now. Uh, the Heat are down uh, one game to zero uh, to the L.A. Lakers. Uh, tough, tough way to come out in game one. Uh, I know Jimmy Butler – uh, did he yeah. turn an ankle? Uh, but I think he'll be ready to go for for game two. Um, I'm gonna go Lakers in six. I think they're too much. I think the Heat will get a couple. Tyler Hero will get hot. Um, Duncan Robinson, the whole the whole gang. Uh, I think Bam Adebayo is gonna be a star. He already is an All Star. I think he can really elevate in a couple of years. But I'm yeah. gonna go this year. Anthony Davis uh, and the whole Lakers crew are just gonna be too much um, for the Super Bowl. I am gonna go. Oh, it's it's tough to tough to pick against my Packers here, but I'm gonna go Chiefs Seahawks with the Seahawks Super Bowl. I think Russell Wilson uh, and company gets it done uh, in an odd year, uh, and I think the Chiefs will be. I think it'll be a one score game. It'll probably come down to the end with a Russ, classic Russell Wilson run around uh, thirty yards and uh, you know lead the team down the field. Uh, for for a game winning probably a game winning field goal so that that's that's what I got right I like that pick I think at the beginning of the year yeah. I had Chiefs Saints um and 
you know, obviously the Saints have not been playing that well at one and two. So if you were to to pick the Saints, now would be the time to, to buy low on them. I do have the Chiefs in there. Um, you know, I try and take my bias out, but I know it's there. But the Chiefs, I mean, their defense, they've got, they've got good guys on the D-line, linebacker, and uh, safety. Their corners are a little weak. Mm-hmm. And then obviously their offense is really good. So, um, you know what? I'm going to say All right. it was between the You're Saints, Seahawks, and Packers. But I'll stay with the Saints. I, yeah, I am. I'm on the Drew Brees train. I, I think when Michael Thomas gets healthy, uh, Kamara is a beast when he's, got, when he's got the ball in his hands. I think fans are going to start yeah. coming back to games in the next couple months. So I think the, the Superdome is going to be tougher to play in. So I've got Chiefs Saints. John, you have Chiefs Seahawks. I've got to say, I think the Chiefs win uh, 34-30. Yeah. Totally unbiased opinion because – uh, as the title of the podcast says, I need to uh, maintain my journalistic integrity, and and that's what I'm doing right here. I'm taking no one does that better than you. And, uh, I mean, that's I've got the you know, that's uh <laughs> that's like yeah. when who does that really well uh in the biz? Oh man, well I mean Ravel is only uh, <laughs> that's true. integrity. He, he's you uh, like when Paul Pierce takes the I mean, Celtics uh, to dismantle, uh, you know, <laughs> the the Raptors. <laughs> Paul, yeah, Paul Pierce just—I mean, I feel like he's just a yeah. walking, talking clickbait at this point. Really, he'll, he'll, himself out he'll say any ridiculous, any ridiculous. No, yeah, no one asked for him to do that. He just—he's just, just got to do like, that. Yeah, nobody, nobody. There's no real like <laughs> yeah. hunger. We need another hot take guy. He needs to be a former athlete who, yeah. He missed right. that wave by about like eight years when it was like yeah, Skip exactly. Bayless talking about Tim Tebow. But that, that was really where it peaked. But okay, so we've got we've got John Lakers in six. I have Lakers in seven. And uh, we've got our Super Bowl picks in. So John, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, we'll have you back on uh, next week or the week after to recap more football. Uh, and then I guess some NBA and MLB as well. John, as always. Murph, thanks thank for having me on, man. Much. Great talking to you. All right. See ya. You too, man. Later.